Bam. Give me some stone. Give me yeah. a great Whoa. tile. Great token. You got 10K points and one uh, yeah, food point. Taking better. mountain token. Why on earth would I not? Decline bonus? No, no, thank you. No, thanks. I don't like bonuses. Welcome to Witch Game First, where we boldly explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we unearth any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up, we puzzle together the most potent recipes to brew in Potion Explosion. Next, we puzzle together safe, sustainable environs for our prehistoric clan in Sapiens. And lastly, we're just puzzled as we navigate the jigsaw of enemy borders in Captain W. Kid. I'm your host, Celeste Angelus. Now let's meet the rest of our brave and intrepid game explorers. Hi, I'm Evan Bernstein, and I'm declaring that an online meeple is called an eeple. I'm Ed Povolitis, and does that mean an online die could be an I die? I'm Mike Renier, and I'm going the completely opposite direction and calling my computer the newfangled electronic board game machine. Hey everybody, Thursday nights have become Twitch game first nights. Thanks Celeste, I'll take it from here. It's, it's early, early 70s cheesy television game show host Skip Deason! That's right, Mike and Ed. Join the Witch Game First hosts every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Witch Game First Twitch channel. They will play an entire board game without interruption, unscripted, unrehearsed, and all for your entertainment. So when you come home from a long day of whatever, and with your beverage of choice adorned with a little umbrella in hand, kick back, put your feet up, and watch Which Game First on Twitch. I'm your occasionally appearing cheesy 70s game show host, Skip Decent, saying, don't pick up any backseat drivers on the way home. Back to you, Celeste. <laughs> well, thank you, Skip. And we will see you on Thursday nights at 6.30 Eastern Time on Twitch. Twitch, 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 Twitch. Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. Where's my drink? <laughs> if you missed the live broadcast, which we hope you don't, because we do fully interact with you guys, it does stay up on our channel on Twitch for seven days, and then it's up on YouTube. Our playthroughs, Thursday night, 6.30 on Twitch. Our first game up this week is Potion Explosion. Designed by Stefano Castelli, Andrea Crespi, and Lorenzo Silva. Published by Horrible Guild and Come On in 2015. Number of players 2 to 4, ages 8 and up. Playtime, 30 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the box. This box shows some young scientists staring in either wonder or horror at a scientist mixing a potion <laughs> that's most likely not OSHA approved. <laughs> Inside, you'll see a really cool marble dispensing box, some assembly required, 80 ingredient marbles in four different colors, 64 potion tiles of eight different kinds, 15 skill tokens, 18 lil help tokens, four <laughs> desk boards, and one first player token and a rule book, of course. And that's what's in the box. Before we blow up your speakers with this review, Evan, tell us how it's played. In Potion Explosion, it's time for your final exam of the potions class, <laughs> class. The rules are always the same. Take an ingredient marble from the dispenser and watch the others fall. If you connect marbles of the same color, they explode and you can take them too. Complete your potions using the marbles you collect and drink them to unleash their magical 
power. <laughs> Each potion recipe may need between four and seven ingredients. They are represented by the holes on the potion tiles themselves. Put the marbles of the correct color on your potion tiles. And when all the holes have been filled in with a marble of the corresponding color, the potion is completed. When a player completes three potions with the same power or five potions with five different powers, they receive a skill token, which is worth four points. The end of the game is triggered when the required number of skill tokens have been awarded, which will vary depending on the number of players. The player who brewed the most valuable set of potions is the winner. Yeah, boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> boom. <laughs> we played this game on Board Game Arena, mm -hmm. and it was colorful, colorful, colorful. It got explosions. You got to have something in there. Marbles are such an interesting ingredient. I love the marbles, too, which is why I wish we had actually played this at the oh, table. Oh, I know. It would have been so much fun watching them roll down the little box. Us dropping them, rolling all over the floor and stuff. Oh, my gosh. So much fun. <laughs> <laughs> as it was on the digital interface, it felt a little bit more like a Candy Crush game as they slid down. Yes. Think Candy Crush meets Harry Potter's potion class or something <laughs> like that. That's a really good way to put it, actually. <laughs> yeah so we did play it on board game arena but it was in the uh, beta area of there so that means they're still developing and making the game work properly and stuff and we found a rule that was broken that evan decided he wanted to exploit the crap out of i believe it turned it to bug yes yes because it was beta version and i really hadn't realized at the time when i first did it that it was a breaking the rules <laughs> you know i just thought oh cool i can do this so to tell you what actually the rule that was broken is that when you collect a bunch of marbles there's a little storage area that you have so you can save extra marbles for the next turn and there's a potion you can brew that lets you steal people's marbles that they have left over from the round before. Mm -hmm. But Evan found a way to just end his turn before he did part of the, one of the steps of his turn. And it just discarded those marbles instead of putting into storage. Right. Instead of leaving them there for the next player to collect Mikey. Yeah. Like, well, Mikey's <laughs> just going to steal them. So I'm not going to even put them out there for him to steal. Ha yep, ha. Exactly. Right, which is what you're actually supposed to do. Yes. You're, you're actually supposed to manage your storage. But hey, Evan, I got right on board. Oh, yeah. I did it too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Before long, there were no marbles to steal from any other player by any other Which player. Which made that potion useless. Except for me. I was kind of following the rule because I didn't really follow that Evan would break the rule there for a bit. I was trying to use up all the marbles. So I tried not to leave anybody had them all using beautiful potions so I can drink them later. Oh, it looks like that yellow one's going in the flask. <laughs> oh, there is only one <laughs> remaining skill. Oh, One. we're in trouble here. No, Ed, cheat it. Cheat it. Cheat it. it. Cheat it. it. <laughs> you can dump it. I'll have finished. Sure, oh, dump it. Are. At least we're consistent. Yeah, consistently <laughs> cheating. <laughs> That's fine. Are you saying I cheated to achieve last place? Uh, no, I'm saying you cheated to grief me. I'm, I'm all about efficiency, too. I was trying to use up every marble that I took, but sometimes you just get all those freebie ones from them dropping and exploding again and again and again. I did like what they used as a name for these ingredients. The blue ones were unicorn tears. <laughs> That's right. The red one oh, was dragon gosh. smoke. And the black ones were ogre mucus, and the yellow ones were fairy dandruff. Yes, not fairy dust, fairy dandruff. Very different <laughs> component. I don't know. I found the names a little frustrating. I don't even remember why, but I found them frustrating. <laughs> I think it added to the theme, actually, to have names for those things instead of just calling them yellow marbles and blue marbles, etc. 
I mean, they went ahead and, and had straight up backstories for every single ingredient. It's like ogre mucus, <laughs> yes. this extremely viscous substance is used to thicken compounds, otherwise too volatile. <laughs> Always use a mask when you handle it. I thought that was really cool. And, and it added a lot to the theme when you thought, I'm adding ogre mucus and fairy dandruff to make this specific kind of potion. You're like, oh. Oh, so that's how you make a love potion? You? <laughs> yeah, right. Who knew ogre <laughs> mucus had anything to do with love? <laughs> no, absolutely. That added a ton to the enjoyability of the game. Uh, I loved the theme of the game. I loved the narrative. Uh, the color text was one of those rare color text experiences <laughs> that it was well written, well thought out, and actually improved the enjoyment of the game. Mm. Yeah, informed gameplay, you know, help with the theme. This game was a lot of fun to play digitally, though, even even though it would have been fun to have the marbles in front of us. Mm-hmm. I loved the rules locking in this game. It's one of those games where the rules locking helps so much that you almost don't even have to know the rules. Very basic structure, and then you can get right into playing. In addition to all the cool, like, marble interaction and stuff, the, the potions themselves can be really fun, too, because they create a lot of cool combos that you can use and you can drink as many as you want during your turn that is so fun you can drink as many potions as you have ready yep. and they look so cool like the digital yeah. pictures of them and the physical pictures uh in the box version that you can get they are really pretty to look at they have all mixes of colors the colors are good at representing the type of potion it is mm-hmm. what are some of the types of potions there, well, we already mentioned the elixir of blind love. Mm-hmm. Which is, no surprise, red. Yeah, it's red. That's the one unless you <laughs> steal people's marbles because I guess they fell in love with you and gave you whatever you wanted. I role-played <laughs> it when right. Evan did it on yeah, me. I'm like, here, right. Evan, we did. take all of my things. I love you. Just don't forget me. <laughs> uh, by taking all of your things, I shall never forget you. So <laughs> hand them over now. <laughs> the one I enjoyed using the most was the Potion of Prismatic Joy. It didn't matter what color it was. Just go ahead and use it to make that potion. This game is a lot of fun for just that reason. All those special abilities, they're not confusing. They're very straightforward. And every single one of them is like, oh, no way I get to do that. It's fun <laughs> when they give you a whole bunch of special abilities that seem game-breaking. But it's balanced because they're all game-breaking. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good way to balance stuff. Just make everything broken and then nothing's broken. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's if it's breakable, I will try to break it. Uh, always. But I'll tell you, trying to find the marble matches was sometimes tricky. Like, I just didn't see a lot of good marble plays until my turn was over. <laughs> at one point i was like ed look at this awesome marble layout that you got where you could get like seven marbles at once oh, and ed and i was really rushing. mad at ed and ed was like uh celeste that same play was there on your turn you just <laughs> yeah. didn't see it <laughs> like uh, i thought you were gonna take it but then it's like wow presently supplies uh, you actually didn't take it so i could take it for myself <laughs> the mix and match marble part is a very important part it's It's representative of you writing the recipes down correctly or just sort of developing your recipes. (laughs) I thought it was a really good way to show that. This whole game is simple and smart. So some of the potions allow you to kind of finagle the marbles a little bit so you can take an extra one out. And this way you can cause an explosion that wouldn't have happened if you didn't use it. There's also a little feature that lets you call for help. And that just lets you pull an extra marble out of the thing. Now, the explosions don't count when you do that, but you 
you might get that one extra marble that you needed to make that potion that turn. A little help over here. Uh, and sometimes it's worth taking the minus two points that it takes to do that. Ooh, minus two. It hurts. Well, it's it just a matter of game speed. It's like, I don't want to wait a whole other turn. I want that potion now. Oh, yeah. And I was going for big potions mostly, like seven to ten points each. So losing the two points to get it done faster was well worth it for me a couple of times. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Potion Explosion. Evan? Potion Explosion game components are fun. I mean, marbles run rolling down ramps. There's something very satisfying about that. <laughs> Lots of potions to choose from, various strategies to employ. I say, drink it up. <laughs> Ed? Who knew playing with marbles would still be fun? <laughs> I'll dig this up to test some more potion combos. Yeah. Mike? I'm a huge fan of combos, and I love blowing stuff up, so dig it up. I would argue that Tower of Madness and this game were the first time playing with marbles was ever fun. <laughs> this game was so fun. Colorful, fun to look at, the fun shopping or picking of the marbles, and the great special abilities. Dig it up, play it over and over. What fun. Evan, where can you find this game? You can find the game online. We played it at Board Game Arena, and you can also find it at local game stores and online game stores. If you're going to buy it, retails for about 50 bucks. I think it's worth it. If you have thoughts about Potion Explosion, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. Our next game up this week is Sapiens. Designed by Cyril Leroy. Published by Ketchup Games and Aiello in 2015. Number of players 2 to 4, ages 10 and up. Playtime 45 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the box. The cover of the box invites you to a land before time with three curious cavemen surveying their new homeland. Uh, inside, you'll find one score track, eight double sided valley boards. 63 tribe tiles, 79 tokens, which consist of food, shelter, mountains, and fights, and also 18 mammoth steaks and 18 bears, and of course a rule book. And that's what's in the box. Okay, before we lead our Witch Game First clan to a flourishing review, Evan, tell us how it's played. In Sapiens, you are the chief of your cave people clan. And the time has come for the tribe to leave its shelter and head for new lands. Each player has a personal game board that represents the valley on which they will play tiles to determine the journey of their tribe through several prehistoric life scenes. Their aim is to gather food points on the plains and in the forests of the valley, and to gather shelter points for reaching caves in the mountains. A player's turn consists of two steps. First, Connect one new tile from the four in his personal pool to the tiles already in play on his board. Second step, choose a new tile from the five available in a common pool to refill his personal pool to four tiles. The game end is triggered when the common pool and stack are empty. The player who has the most points in their lowest domain, either food or shelter, wins. That is a tricky point to this game. You definitely yeah. can't overload one thing or another or you'll end up with that really, really low score. 
That's right. I got all the food. I'm in the, oh, my shelter zero. Yeah. I lose. <laughs> it's a very combo-rific game. So he's like, yeah, I just comboed up and I got 40 more food points. Of course, I already got 100, so that's not really helping me. I need yeah. shelter. <laughs> I like when the game has that mechanic because it means you can't ignore one part of the game entirely. You have to pay attention to, to, to all aspects. It's kind of interesting how uh, the cover shows Stonehenge. I didn't know there were Stonehenge when there were woolly mammoths. <laughs> of course. How do you think they moved all those stones? <laughs> the cover is not exactly historically accurate. How do you know? You weren't there. <laughs> yeah. no, I didn't realize they wore spotted Flintstone hammers in the prehistoric era. What animal is that from? <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I just found the whole storyline of this game depressing. <laughs> They're going to push me out of the clan if I don't like find a safe place to live? Oh, yeah, your clan is done. You're out in the cold, baby. <laughs> You're considered dead weight otherwise. Produce or die. You have four tiles at the top of your board. And if you can't place any of them because you don't have a matching land out mm-hmm. and available, then you're stuck. And you are they kick you out of your clan. You have to start somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And that whole area that you got pushed out of is now dead to you on your board. You can't even have a tile touch it. It was, it was a different tribe. Brutal prehistoric justice. Yeah. And, and each of these tiles are domino tiles, which means that there's two pictures, two halves of the, of the single tile in one. It's going to cover two spaces on your board. So spatial reasoning rules apply here. You have, In order to continue your stretch of tiles, they must um, obviously touch each other appropriately. Right. <laughs> you can wind up in a pickle pretty quickly if you wind up placing kind of the wrong tiles and locking yourself into a position where you can't place. You have to kind of start over. Yeah, and you have very few people to blame, too, because you each have your own board. So it's your fault for not picking the right tiles and stuff. <laughs> for the most part, that's yeah. true. Yes. You have to look at the available tile, too, so that should inform you a little bit what you want to stick out there, because you can pick one of those, and you'll know something will match next turn. We played this game on Board Game Arena. It was actually a little bit hard to sort of see everything that I needed to see. And we played this game on Twitch as well. So you can see us playing it. It's probably up on our YouTube channel now. You'll see what I mean by that. It's got a lot going on on the edges of the board, Mm -hmm. but I did appreciate the rules locking a board game arena for this one. It helps. It does help show what your options are and what options you don't have. Yeah, I don't think I would have figured it out without that didn't seem like super intuitive of where to put your pieces. I mean, I know you're trying to match them and you get some kind of bonuses for having multiple sides of your tile match with other tiles out there, but that didn't help you as much as I thought it was going to help. What the tricky part is that the the scenes doesn't necessarily tell you immediately what you're going to get. So you have to kind of read all the special abilities and say, oh, do I want to trigger that ability or this ability? And if I want that ability, but do I actually have the tile I need to match that up? So you're trying to work both what ability you want to use plus what your options are. What throws me on a game like this is that when I have these spatial reasoning puzzles in front of me, I want to optimize the spaces as best as possible. I don't really even care about what earns me more points going one direction than another. I just want it to look nice and neat. <laughs> so that that's a problem for someone oh, yeah. like me who wants to just see neatness and not care about victory or, or not. I'm always looking for symmetry and boy, this game really did not let me do what I wanted to do in that aspect. It's grasped a bit of a puzzle is for me where I'm trying to get from my current location to another cave and you have to plot out which dominoes you want to use to get there and you can see which ones you have and which ones are available and you kind of hope well i can get this one here and that one there and i hope i can get another camp 
and this way I'll connect to that cave and get those shelter points. Yeah, the caves are a lot of points, so you, you cannot ignore them. Uh, I ignored them. At my peril, I ignored them as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't really ignore them so much as just concentrating on filling up my board nicely. Uh-huh. And I, I sacrificed my caves. At- yeah. <laughs> I made a mistake right off the bat, and I never could recover from it by blocking off a cave accidentally. Mm-hmm. In other reviews of this game, I've read, Celeste, that other people ran into that exact same problem. So you were not alone there. It was not a you <laughs> thing. That's a part of the game. A common first mistake. I could see that. And, but there is, mathematically anyway, probably a few ways that you could just not have enough options to avoid that, too. Like, because you're choosing a tile out of five, but none of those five could work for what you're trying to do sometimes. There's enough variety in the pool. The option you need might exist, but it might be buried under mm-hmm. the pile. Yep. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury sapiens. Mike? didn't seem really intuitive to me and there was nothing really memorable about this game either so i'm just gonna bury it evan spatial reasoning skills on display with sapiens trying to make sure your lowest score is higher than the others is a neat way to keep the game somewhat balanced i kind of like these mechanics and the theme oh go go i mean (laughs) dig it up that's caveman speak ed sapiens has you trying to connect for points and special abilities while trying to balance Two types of points. The puzzle is just interesting enough for me to dig this up for another play. But I'm not sure how long this valley will keep me engaged, though. I am with Mike in that it wasn't very memorable. I found the art of the board non-engaging, especially for a tile-matching game where it's all about what they look like. I'm going to go ahead and bury it. Ed, where can you find this game? At local game stores and online, run for about $25. You can also play it on Board Game Arena right now. If you have thoughts about Sapiens, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Our last game up is Captain W. Kid, designed by Gunter Cornett. Published by Bambus Spielverlag in 2004. Number of players 2 to 3, ages 9 and up. Playtime 15 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the box. Well, on the cover, there's a really old guy dressed like a pirate at a LARP, (laughs) poised to light a cannon that is destined to backfire, considering the active bird's nest inside. Uh, Inside, there's a faux leather board, a bag of wooden discs, a sheet of stickers, a die, and a rule book. A sheet of stickers? Yeah, that's right. You get the six stickers. stickers. Oh, because you have to assemble your own wooden pieces? Yes. Some assembly required? Yeah, there's 24 tokens. I think you got to put stickers on those. 21 of them are pirates, and uh, three of them are pirate flags, which you use for the Madagascar game. And basically, that's what's in the box. Before we load the starboard cannons and fire off this review, Evan, tell us how it's played. In Captain W. Kid, you are commanding your crew from your crow's nest view of the ship, where each space connects with two other spaces. The game includes three variant rules of play. You can play the loyal captain, which opposing pirates must encircle. It's not as simple as it looks. You can also play the Queda Merchant, which means attack from behind with tactical skill and luck of the dice. Or you can play the Madagascar version, which means wild bunches are going to swarm across the deck, becoming ever larger and stronger. 
We played the Loyal Captain version. Aye, aye, Captain. In which each player has seven tokens of their color available. The players take turns each moving one of their tokens by either placing a new one or moving one from a space to an adjoining space. Tokens or groups of tokens which are threatened by opposing pirates on all sides are captured and removed from the game. A token threatens another if it could theoretically move onto it on its next turn. A player who cannot move or place any tokens loses the game. <laughs> Avast. And sometimes when you're playing on yukata.de, you lose even earlier than that. <laughs> yukata! Yeah. yeah, when you get jammed up and can't move anywhere, but the computer will not let you leave the game and show you mercy and release you from it. <laughs> so yukata.de is known by us as an unforgiving interface. I do love it because it's so old-fashioned and no frills looking. But this game was tough to play on this interface. Yeah, I want to preface it with that just in case it might have been easier to play in person. I want everybody to know we played this (laughs) on yukata.de. And to further what Celeste is saying, I kind of figured out what was going on about halfway through the game. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what Yukata did to the game for me. It's like, what is this game doing to me? (laughs) Yeah, I, I felt the same. The key rule that I got halfway through the game was the pieces cannot move backwards. They can only move in the forward two directions. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell what forward is in this game. I guess. <laughs> yes, that's right. I guess it's the way your pirate's nose is pointed. Yes, well, it has two white colored arms and one other colored, like differently colored arms. So the only the white directions are the ones that can actually move. Oh, you mean the light gray and the white? Yeah. That look almost the same? Perfect. Uh, if you, <laughs> I finally figured it out this way. You can't go the direction that the pirate's legs are facing. You can only go in the directions otherwise. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, the way it's explained is it can't move back to the space it just came from. Which is not at all intuitive. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> so strange. It is a utterly rules-locked system in Yukata, mm-hmm. but it is not a friendly rules lock system. You are on your own. Yeah, it doesn't highlight your choices. It just lets you click around until you find a move that actually works. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't do that. Nope. nope oh. You can't do that either. And it's like you click on one you don't really want to do. You're just seeing if it works and then it, it actually moves your piece and you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> Ed, you're giving it too much credit. You're saying, no, you can't do that. That would be nice if it would actually do that. You're like, is it broken or can I not move there? <laughs> right. This game, when you translate it, it translates into bamboo game gulag or something <laughs> like that. Bamboo game gulag? Are you sure? <laughs> well, bambus is bamboo, spiel is game, and egverlag is gulag. Can I talk about this picture on the cover just a little bit more? <laughs> yes, oh, absolutely. This thing, it looks like your granddad went to a LARP. Um, he's wearing a scarf that has an American, it looks like an American flag, actually. And I'm not sure. It's stars and stripes, red, white, and blue. He's also holding a torch, Mm -hmm. not, not a light, not a lighting torch for a cannon. It's a torch that you go to burn down, you know, the the Frankenstein or something. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, It's like a angry villager torch. Yeah. It's the vigilante torch. And how, why, why is there a pelican holding a fish in a nest in the cannon, inside the the cannon? How? That's about to be fired. I think I got it. All right, give it to me. I think he's trying a new kind of ammo called birdshot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. 
he didn't understand how real birdshot worked. He just heard the word and stuffed a pelican in there to see how it would work out. See, and the pelican is actually smarter than the pirate because if you look at the expression on the pelican's face, it's all happy. It has a fish in its <laughs> mouth. It's like, this guy has no clue what he's doing. I am so safe in this yeah. game. Right <laughs> and, and honestly, in this game, you're all on one pirate ship. There's not multiple pirate ships that are firing cannons at each other. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has nothing to do so with I'm not sure why this picture is even here. <laughs> and I mean, the art on the game board does not improve much over the art on the cover. Ooh. The game board looks like some weird piping in a factory (laughs) i think it's supposed to be representative of locations on the deck and stairs from area to area but it can't be stairs (laughs) right these lines cannot mean stairs no they're not they're they're just paths but yeah it's they're they're paths yeah but how why are those paths like lined like a train track yeah i don't know yeah or like a vacuum tube (laughs) yeah that's what it looks like and it, it looks like it's drawn on the back of like a uh, a paper grocery bag. It's just black art on a really weird brown background. It is. It's paper bag brown. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's black liner, and there's like a few odds and ends. Embellishments. Like a barrel. A barrel. <laughs> yeah, or like think, a right? mop. A mop. <laughs> yeah, there's a mop. an open box of treasure with coins spilling out all over the deck. I'm not sure why the pirates aren't going straight for that. Superfluousness <laughs> is one thing, but then bad superfluousness is a whole other level. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and this ship is totally dead. It has, according to this drawing, one cannon. <laughs> On yeah. one side of the ship. <laughs> the rear one gunship. <laughs> and only... uh. Six cannonballs total. <laughs> and it's not like a swivel gun like you'd see on a ship that had no <laughs> nope. cannons. It's one legitimate 20-pounder. That you would have under in the hull of the ship on the wheels. because So you, it's just ridiculous. No, it's on the deck and it has wheels. <laughs> it's gonna. Where are you going to wheel it to? There's no other position to wheel. No other gun point. <laughs> right. And when you fire it, it's going to kill somebody when the kickback rolls it back across the whole deck. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Don't worry. As Evan said, it's never going to light with that torch. <laughs> wow. And it's supposed to be about a raiding party, but anybody can come up from below decks to start their turn. So, like, how did they start off below decks if they're trying to raid the ship? Uh, details, details. Okay. Right? All, right, details. all right. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm getting too deep and granular, but it's more fun to talk about how bad the game is and the, yeah. the visuals than it is to play it, for sure. And it's a low production value game. You look at the components, just a paper map, a bag of wooden pucks where you have to sticker yourself, and a rule book, <laughs> right. which is basically just some folded up sheets of paper. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm not opposed to games that are cheap to make and cheap to buy. I mean, I oftentimes go to a convention and buy a little baggy game, oh. but you could have drawn it better. <laughs> You're not buying this game for the components. It's not a, well, the rules aren't great, but boy, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, Explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Captain W. Kid. Mike? This is a boring shipwreck. Bury it on a remote island and don't even put an X on the map. Ed? The captain might be neat as an abstract strategy game, but there's not enough here to keep me on board. Abandon ship and bury the thing. Evan? Okay, once I figured out how the game worked, (laughs) I realized, okay, it's not a terrible strategy game. The theme did not inform play at all. I think 
playing it maybe a few times would totally diminish my interest <laughs> to play this anymore. To Davy Jones's locker with ye, bury you at sea. <laughs> exactly. It theme harmed play. <laughs> it did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> yeah, it was shoddy. It would have been better off as an abstract. I might have bothered to pay attention to the rules had it been that way. Go ahead and bury it on that island. Ed, where can you find this game? Captain W. Kidd. It's a German board game that seems to be out of print currently. I found a copy at Secondhand Store for about 20 bucks, but you can play this at yukata.de. If you have thoughts about Captain W. Kid, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you've done. And if you'd like more content from us, including our exclusive patron-only podcast, Bonus Points! Bonus Points! Bonus Points! Bonus Points! Just go to our website and click on Become a Supporter today. And don't forget, we're on Twitch, 6.30 Eastern Time, every Thursday night. And if you miss our playthroughs there, they'll be on our YouTube channel later. Ring that YouTube bell for us, please. Please subscribe to YouTube as we build our channel. And leave us a like, a rating, a review, a heart, a shout out anywhere online. It really helps us grow. Thank you so much for listening. Of SG Scurvy Game Designers. Who are you calling a kid? I'm the captain here. Yar.